You're listening to Voice Memos, the show about two longtime friends who have informative yet brief discussions about multitudinous topics. If you want to go deep into a topic, this is not the podcast for you. We keep it shallow. Now, please welcome your hosts, Jen and Myron. Sarah. <laughs> yes. You want to hear some bullshit? Always. It's my middle name. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You know how um, I was getting a new roof? Yes. Yes. Okay, that painful so, story you told. Yes. Yeah. So it, it, it took a while. You know, the rain, insurance, blah, blah, blah. This Couch out on the driveway, all that. Yeah. Yes. The whole deal. So. Uh, this is when this is we're recording this on Wednesday. Yes. On Monday, my next door neighbor, like very next, very next door neighbor, right next to me, uh, it's, it's a, a senior lady who lives there alone, and her daughter, or her daughter, sort of lives there with her sometimes. But anyway, the daughter comes to my door. She rings my doorbell, and I have one of those little cameras I can see who's out there, and I didn't instantly recognize her, so I didn't, I didn't, I didn't answer the door. Okay. Smart. <laughs> you know, right? I'm watching a little show. I don't know this lady. I'm like, you know, what what is what the hell? So about two hours later, she comes back. Oh my god, persistent. Right? Okay. I know, right? <laughs> so I don't know. I just sort of absolutely thought, okay, let me just open the door and see what this is all about. So she says, hi, Marion, my name is so-and-so. I'm you know, so-and-so's daughter. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, we met. Like, we met. We had met a year ago, but whatever. And she goes, I just want to let you know that we're getting a new roof. <laughs> and the workers start later this morning. Oh, my God. And, and they have asked me to ask you if you could move your car out of your driveway. Out of your driveway? Yes, because she is... Like the side of her house, well, the side of her house, the side of my house, my driveway is right in the middle. Then okay. her driveway is on the other side, you know, on and on like that. So I'm like, yeah. So I can't really complain because I just got a roof. <laughs> right? The banging, all the trucks everywhere, the mess, the music, the whole deal. And now sweet karma has come for me. <laughs> <laughs> so now you're going to have to deal with it again. <laughs> yes yes i was like oh my god are you kidding and 7 a.m sharp they're up there banging away oh my god <laughs> is it the same roofers like you have any more furniture you want to give them no no i'm saying different people and um i but you was funny you asked that because after i finished talking to her that was my immediate next thought do i have anything else i need to give away like <laughs> Because you know, you know what a hassle it is to like unload furniture. It's hard to get rid of furniture. It's hard and because then you have to get a truck and yeah. yes, or you gotta like try to sell it or just however it gets out of your house. But man, when I had those guys here, I like I was like, look, I got two sofas for free, even half, and they were just gone. It, it's wonderful. <laughs> so okay, they're gonna start that now. Tell me. I mean, every day there's always some bullshit, you know, like when you think about it, you mentioned something the other day that I know nothing about, and that has to do with some controversy with Taylor Swift. Oh my God. So 
I have been down the rabbit hole on the TikTok with Taylor Swift fans. So just a full disclaimer, when my daughter was little, the first concert she wanted to go to was Taylor Swift. Oh. Right? So so I drove, I got tickets and I drove her to uh, Santa Clara with the 49ers play. And we saw Taylor Swift in, in, in concert. And, you know, I'm not really a music concert kind of person, but it was, she did put on a great show. Well, and right. you know, it would have been nice because you asked me at one point, and I did it, to go to a concert with your daughter and her friend. Uh, it was the Chainsmokers. Now, I do not like the Chainsmokers. And yeah, it was probably with everybody they had there was the longest concert I've ever been to in my life. And <laughs> you asked me to go do that, but I don't hear anything about Taylor Swift. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, so, okay. So Taylor Swift is dating this guy. I guess he's a musician. He's a grown ass man who goes by Maddie, like not just Matt, but Maddie. Like M-A-T-T-Y. Right? Yes, like a dumbass, right? Okay, yeah. And he's English. And I mean, just for the record, let's just say he's very ugly, but that's just a whole nother, okay. that's a whole nother thing, right? He, he's, he looks like a troll, okay. troll under the bridge. But anyway, this this guy, I'm guessing he's in his, you know, mid to late 20s, um, something like that, or late 20s to early 30s, I should say. And he was on some dude bro um, podcast. And he went into long detail and he has it as part of his as part of his stage show. So I guess he plays a guitar. He's like, you know, the white guy with the guitar kind of guy. Oh, your favorite. Right. And on the podcast, and I've listened to it, he goes into great detail about um, how he likes to watch. Um, so trigger warning. You're triggering for our audience. We're going to talk about um, sex. But he likes his particular brand of sex that he likes to watch, pornography, is um, Black women who are being harmed. Okay. He's admitted that. On the show. And, you know, know, yucking it up. Yucking it up. Good time. Good time. Harm. Harm. Degraded. So forth and so on. Like the, the worst of the worst. And so... That's Taylor Swift's boyfriend. Oh, oh, you didn't lead with that. Yes. <laughs> that's her dude. I, I don't know. You know, I don't know if she has stated that's her boyfriend, but all of her fans online are saying that's her new guy. And she has been, you know, parading. You know, she's very calculated in her image and not calculated. She's very controlling of, in control of her image. Sure. And so the fact that she's, being seen out with him while she's on this world tour of hers. Yes. And so, you know, for years, Taylor Swift was, um, from a political standpoint, she was criticized for not a, not being political, which she doesn't have to be, you know, in in all fairness to her, but then speaking up when something impacted her personally. And so that is something we talked about before. It's called white feminism, where, and white women will speak up on matters that only affect them. If it's harming someone else, it's not really their issue. But if it harms them, they don't speak up, right? This classic white feminist. And so, so Taylor Swift, during the 2020 election, she spoke up to her dad about not supporting Donald Trump. And she has criticized 
you know, TV shows that have made a joke about her sexuality and things like this or sexual activity. And so she has spoken up on those topics. And so this guy being, I mean, the things he has, he has said are absolutely just mind-boggling, vile and awful. And so her fans are, you know, there's a large contingent of her fans who are just going at her and trying to get her to acknowledge it, say something, you know, something. And across her social media, because she's on this world tour, she's posting a lot of Instagram and things like that. All her comments are off. Shut up. All her comments are off. They're just off. Oh, oh my God. My, she yes. might as well just put guilty with my association. Yes, yes. And so it's, it's a really interesting dynamic because, you know, Taylor Swift had these videos where she will say, or these music videos, even some speech, I don't know if they're speeches, but times that she has been interviewed where she has spoken up for the LGBTQI community, right? And she's had you know, her Shake It Off video has these gay dancers and things and these black dancers. And she talks about these, her, her team and being just, you know, diverse. Um, Yes, and these things, and now yeah, you're with this guy who has said some of those vile, disgusting things, and so that's what her fans are going at her with. That you are the company you keep. Dang. Yeah. So yeah, I went down a whole rabbit hole and just thought, holy moly. It's very similar to what we say or what we've said in the past. Maybe I've probably said it, and you have acknowledged and agreed with it. Is that Although you might not be associated or call yourself a racist, you're okay hanging out and being affiliated with people that are blatant racist. You're then yes. a, by, a byproduct of racism. Yes, you it, you have decided that racism is not a deal breaker for you. Not a deal right. breaker. It's not yes. a deal breaker. Right, right. It's, a, it's not a deal breaker. And that is... Um, is from a from a humanity standpoint, in my opinion, that's very sad, right? To me, that's very sad. An individual will say, "Well, you know, he, you know, my partner, he or she, they're just like that, but they have they have you know other great attributes." And it's like, whoa, right? That it's it would seem as though that would be hiring a priority, right? For yep. the man, like if, if if I'm gonna date someone and and they come out as, you know, just, just racist. I'm like, well, you know what? Let's split the tab and let's go about our business. <laughs> <laughs> like that, like that one date I was on when, when I said, you know, I forgot to ask you before we met, who did you vote? Did you vote for Trump? And he said, yes. And I said, here's money for my drink. And I just like left. <laughs> Right, Let's because just, you know what? Because I can't be in a relationship with someone who who doesn't even believe I have the right to exist. Right. 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 So we're not we're no longer talking about a difference of opinion over taxes or over should you know we spend our money on roads? Should we uh, relieve student debt? Should you know? Should we tax billionaires more? That's not the issue. Because now you're saying you agree with people who say, I shouldn't be able to vote. I should make less money. I shouldn't be able to live and exist where you live and exist. And maybe I should just 
not even have full rights as, a, as an American citizen. Like at that point, we're not having a philosophical difference. We're having a difference of you don't believe in my very humanity. And that, that that's not a disagreement. That is, we do not belong in the same space. At all. Like I will always be better than you. Yes, right? Yep. Woo. That and is so, yeah, she yeah, she is she is, you know, I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't really follow the Taylor Swift stuff, but you know, you get on the TikTok, you see something, and if you watch the video, then the next 20 videos they show you will be the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right. The algorithm got us. <laughs> oh my God. And you got to like try to w- watch something else, like just to break the stranglehold they have. I just keep, I just keep hitting that home button with, <laughs> with, with like, put me in a different vortex. There are times when I'm watching a TikTok video and all of a sudden it'll be, it'll see, it'll be seemingly a conservative, I mean, highly conservative uh, Republican spewing some nonsense, but I don't leave, read the caption that says it's a stitch. So, you know, there's going to be a Democrat or a liberal, you know, making a comment yes. on that video. And I get so scared that I ended up on the wrong side of TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> That's a legitimate fear. <laughs> Okay, look, let me, okay, since we're speaking of TikTok, let me show you some shafts on TikTok in the last two days. Okay, I'm going to be very brief. But there, you know, all these sides, speaking of sides of TikTok, there is a, um, a book side. So people who talk book about talk. the books, yeah, book talk, books they're reading, the books they're going to read, the books they have read, this kind of deal. And then there's the um, the review um, talk of TikTok. People just review books, right? Yeah. Okay, so some lady wrote a book. It's not even out. She had some some pre-readers, like eight people or something like that. And over on Goodreads, which is a different, it's a it's a book, it's an author and readers um, app where you can just your books are there, readers can review them and so forth. So anyway, okay, a, a reader read her book, and she was like on Amazon. You can give one to five stars. Okay, and she gave the lady a four four stars, which I'm an author. Four stars is fantastic, right? Yeah. It's fantastic. Well, the la- the author, oh boy, she did a TikTok. She stitched where she showed the lady's review. It was a really nice review. Oh. And the and the the author said she had a perfect five score. Now it was only eight reviews. She had a perfect five score. And then this lady, this bitch. Maybe a four. <laughs> she, she called a lady who read her book and reviewed it and, and wrote the review on the site and gave her a four. She called her a bitch. Ooh. Ah. So the next, I checked, the next 650 reviews on her book are a one. <laughs> God, that's the best karma. <laughs> it was so sorry. It was so many bad reviews that that Goodreads shut. It was like Yelp. They shut down reviews on, on that book, and now her average rating is a one. And there has to be, I you know you know TikTok goes crazy. There's hundreds of videos of people calling this author, and this lady has doubled down. Like she just will not. Anyway, so that was the story. I thought, wow. Holy God. What Listen, a mess. What a mess. You know, I was 
so, you know, last week we were going to talk about Florida and the Florida just fucking around and finding out still people not working, you know, nobody's picking fruits and vegetables and, and it's a shit show, you know, and you, you've got the, the diehards that'll say, you know, go to Florida. And then there's a mass shooting, nine people shot in my Miami beach. Um, if we, if we switch to the other asinine state, Texas, we hear or has seen, maybe it was just announced, Ken Paxton, who oh yes, who got impeached. I guess is that the right word for him? Yeah, yeah, he's the Texas Attorney General and uh, Republican Attorney General, and they have turned on him. They want his ass out of there <laughs> because he was a supporter of Trump. He was part of. He filed. I don't know fifty. I don't know, 50 times at least against against Biden's lawsuits and such. So they're saying they're impeaching him because of what was happening when he was a um, attorney, the attorney general of Texas. Yeah, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, he and he's still the attorney general. And you know, as long as he was doing their dirty work and this guy has been under indictment by the feds for a few years. Like this guy is crooked. And he also is married, but he has a girlfriend and like totally verified it. Somehow he, you know, he had got her, gotten her a job and all kind of like malfeasance, like just a lot of shit. And when they told him like to cut, cut the crap, he just said, I'll rat out everybody. So they're like, okay, that's enough. You are, you are done. But here's like, there's a lot of mess to it, but here's something that's a little bit messy and funny. His wife is in the Texas legislature. So if they vote to impeach him and kick him out of office, she gets a vote. (laughs) And so she will, and all his dirt about his girlfriend, how he got her a job, he moved her close to him. All that is what will be discussed. And his wife's sitting up there and she gets a vote. (laughs) Oh, Lordy. And so I think didn't didn't the House or I don't even know how you would say it in in Texas. I mean, the Senate are the one they they already voted right to like to suspend him. Yes. So suspend it. And I think they have to have um, their version of a trial, like a, a however the, the proceedings that they would have to go through to get him out of office. But, you know, you know, if if you're in the party and he's, you know, he's die Republican. And they turn and you're doing their dirty work for years and they turn on you because you've threatened them. They're going to get you out. Damn. I'm like yeah, bribery, abusive office. I don't know. Yes. And, and he's on like a little media tour right now. And he admitted, I think this was either today or yesterday. He admitted that he said, look, Donald Trump would not have won Texas if I didn't help suppress 2.5 million votes. Oh, my God. Yeah, he said that. And, you know, just as a side note, people think Texas is red. Texas is not really red. Texas is gerrymandered, gerrymandered and they and they cheat. And he admitted it. Like, that was on the news yesterday and today. He just totally admitted it. And he had some explanation. Oh, you know, we just said we can test these, we can test these. But we know these were votes. The majority of those votes were going to um, Joe Biden. And Donald Trump only went Texas by, you know, I, I want to say a few thousand, but it's in that world, it might be like ten or twenty thousand, but you know, it wasn't a lot. Damn. That's a mess, huh? 
this country is out. You know, I was talking to my sister because, I, you know, we think about what's going on, the economy, inflation, and uh, we've seen from a dog perspective and cat rescue that rescues and shelters across the country um, are just overflowing. I mean, they're putting puppies down. Um, they are, they're giving timelines to, to, I think Bradshaw had 203 dogs yesterday or today, and they only have 135 kennels, just not enough space. And wow. Wow. What what I'm finding or what I'm understanding, right, nobody's really adopting them. And my sister made a comment to me and she said, you know, sometimes you have to choose between feeding your children or feeding your dog. And the better chance maybe is taking the dog to the shelter, which I understand because right. I try not to judge. I don't know anybody's life situation. I, I, I don't, I don't sit up here thinking, oh, if I was in that situation, my dog would come first. I'd live out of my car. That might be my reaction, but yeah. I don't, I also don't have kids. So I don't know, but to think about even the rescues that I support and try to help as best to my ability, they are just not finding adopters. So if they don't find adopters at these rescues, then they can't take more dogs out of shelters and more and more dogs. This is countrywide. I mean, not just That's California. Really but I didn't um, know that. That's terrible. It's crazy. And more people are dumping their dogs. So, you know, you've that, got- Is that, I'm sorry to interrupt you. Is that part of that thing where when COVID hit, the adoptions went up because people were bored? I, there's some of that. I also okay. think that- dogs that become sick are easily to, to, because maybe somebody can't afford taking care of the dog. So they put in the shelter. Um, some are just inhumane as far as like, Oh, this dog's too old. I now want a puppy. Um, or I got this dog and it's too much for me. You'll see a lot of Husky, wow. a lot of Malinois. So like you'll see Huskies in shelters because listen, Huskies need First of all, having a husky in Florida just or in California just perplexes me. I mean, they right, are that's like, that should be a crime. That's that so awful. Crime. Uh, you know, yeah. they they should be in cold weather. So then, not only are they now just in hot weather all the time, their lack of exercise and the amount of stimulation they need to get exhausted right. is a lot of fucking work. Same with like Malinois, like uh, German Shepherds. So these dogs that are so cute as puppies grow up to be bigger and can't be handled and trained and nobody has the capacity. So they just dump them in the shelter. And unfortunately, when a shelter says there are no kill, so you've got no kill shelters, some in California, what happens though is they move dogs out of those shelters to bring in new ones, but those dogs that are moved out are put in kill shelters. Wow. So it's, it's to think about how, you know, when we talk about, I know we were just talking about Paxton and, and just yeah. America in general. I think my, my, the point of that conversation is that to think about how people now, right now in America, we, we have millions, 3 million children that aren't, that are, that are hungry every day. And we think mm -hmm. about how inflation is impacting where families now in America have to make the decision. Do I feed my dog or do I feed my children? I mean, that's a really sad, a sad state of being that we're in. It is. It's funny you said that, but not funny, but, um, you know, I, I have this, a couple of different paths that I walk on my daily walk. And one of them takes me down, um, Broadway and from one end of Broadway to the other. And it's only about maybe a mile that stretch. And I get to see 
um, you know, a, a giant big box store like Target. Okay. Some really nice restaurants and banks, you know, a couple of nice diners and local restaurants and stuff. And then a giant post office. But then there's this one stretch. And every, every day, every time I walk this, I, I'm just like, I can't, I can't place it in my brain. But there's this gigantic center, um, Catholic center is what it is. And it's, it's not a church, but it's like offices. Okay. So I imagine it's like there's Sacramento diocese offices or something like that. And it's, it's a few big buildings. They're not high rises, but they're very large four or five story buildings, massive grounds with trees and grass and like two gigantic parking lots, right? Prime real estate. And directly across the street is a, is a, is a, is a narrow block that leads to the capital city freeway. It's just, it's just a, to the uh, underpass. Okay. And there are, I counted the last couple of days, there are about 30 um, tents. Wow. With homeless or unhoused people, right? It's just tents. And, it, and it's two different blocks like that. And I, the, it's just a juxtaposition of that, right? This gigantic church organization with beautiful trees, grass that takes up an entire city block and two massive parking lots and then right across the street are people just living in tents. Now, look, I don't want to just put this on a Catholic church's shoulders, even though they're a trillion dollar organization. They got a lot of land around the world and those fuckers should be doing something. However, like, what are we doing? What are we doing? And not that they have to have the answer because it was, it was exposed in the news a couple weeks ago through a whistleblower. And it's, I think there's a, a, a lawsuit somewhere that the Mormon church has been hiding a hundred Fifty billion dollars in money, and fake businesses, offshore accounts, all this kind of stuff. A hundred and fifty billion dollars, and then you go, well, if, you know, and they're they're headquartered in Utah, and there's homeless people in Utah, and you go, well, I, how can you reconcile that? Like, how can you, how can that come together? That you have this massive religious organization hiding $150 billion in offshore accounts. And down the street in downtown Utah, you have, you have just like here in Sacramento, you have homeless people. And if, that, and if, and if they walked into the, you know, the doors and asked for some money or some help, they're going to get told no. They're going to be told no. We don't, we don't, we don't, we're not open. <laughs> right? I guess, uh, it, it's, yeah, so. I, it's you, mind you know, that's like it. Yeah. So I know you were talking about, about you know, people putting that, and an abundance of pets it just seems like it's, it's connected somehow that you know the excess on one hand and then the cost in lives on the other so i'm talking about people and you're talking about pets and it's all bad it just it doesn't have to be that way it doesn't have to be that way it's a very it, it's you know yes and you'll see homeless people i always enjoy a homeless person that has a dog that you know the dog is well taken care of and and just loyal to that person you, you know you see that and i i just like i get it like i'm very i feel in a good place in my life that i have a roof over my head i have food in my stomach i could i could splurge on something every once in a while i i have a car that takes me to and fro i get to move my body like i yeah. recognize all of my privileges. And I'm very fortunate. Now I've worked my fucking ass off to get where I'm at and to do sure. the things that I've done. But I also recognize that if anything was to happen to me and my home, I have places to go. 
So it, and I, I wouldn't judge having a mom and dad make the decision to feed their dog over their child. I would hate for anybody to have to make that decision. Right. Just the flip side of it that, you know, in, I think it was Idaho or one of those um, states, there was a puppy mill, one of the biggest puppy mills in the country that was busted. And there was puppies and dogs that have been in cages their entire life and not even big enough to stand up. And it's, uh, they're in their own feces, their hair is matted. They are just allowed to produce puppies so that they could be sold. So that is, that is when we talk about breeders and, and, and people buying dogs and, and spending $1,500, $2,000 for a dog. When you see, and you think about all these dogs and shelters that you just, you, I can't wrap my arms around it sometimes that I'm, that you'll spend $1,500 on a dog, but maybe check out a rescue, like try to save a dog, right? Because what you're contributing to when it comes to breeders and, and there are some legitimate breeders. I'm not denying the fact that there are some, there's some good ones. And, you know, somebody wants a specific dog. We are America freedom of choice, but it's the, the amount of, cause I got my Jack Russell's years ago. Well, we're talking 20 years ago. I got Jack Russell's and I didn't know that one of my dogs was at a puppy mill. I didn't even know what uh, puppy uh, mill uh, you know I didn't do my research. You know what's interesting about that? So also along my walk, if I go a different path, I pass a house that it's a cute little house, a little bungalow they're called. And it has a fenced in front yard and a, a nice porch. And they have a, I, I don't know dogs very well, but it's a big dog. Um, thin but big so maybe like a um I don't know what this dog would be but it's like it's brown it has it it almost it it almost would be a Doberman if it had black hair but it doesn't it's like shiny brown okay and I don't know what kind of dog it is but anyway it's a big dog and it's very it's very mellow like it's a very calm dog and the yard isn't big the yard is you know the yard is pretty small and so I walk by and the dog just sort of sits on the porch or sits in the lawn, on the lawn. And sometimes he stands on the fence and um, it looks like he's looking for attention. Like people walk by, I've seen people walk by and pet him and things like that. And, and the dog is of a size that the yard is not big enough for him. Uh-huh. Right. It's not big enough. And like, I can see his poop and I'm sure they clean his poop, but it's always too much you know, for, you know, in, in my eyes. And I just, and the dog will be out because I'm guessing the, homeowner or the homeowner or whomever lives there goes to work and the dog is in the front yard from morning till about six and he's just sitting there and I I walk by because you know I'm not really a pet person but I just go that dog has to be fucking bored yeah yeah just bored like nobody to play with no toys there is nothing I mean it's a prison yes he can see people go by or cars but he is if if the dog wasn't trained he could easily just jump. It's a little tiny picket fence. He could just jump over the fence and go. But he doesn't. You know, he's a good dog that kind of way. But he's just so bored. It's it's sad. You know, people get dogs and they let them sit in their backyard and never bring them in. Or dogs that have been on chains for their entire life, like not even yes. knowing that. Or dogs that never even touch grass or cement. It's it's crazy when you start to peel back the layers. I was having this conversation with a friend of mine. And sometimes 
you know, you and I've had this conversation numerous times in regards to veganism that a lot of people don't want to pull back the curtain. They don't want to know what happens because then they have to make it, they have to make a choice and either they support it or they don't. And if they see what they, if what I have seen, you would think with a good, a human being and compassionate human being, the minute you would see that you would stop contributing to it. But a lot of people, I think they rationally and logically know that, hence the reason why they don't watch videos or sort of peel back the layers on that conversation. And, you know, I mentioned last week about soy and that's what's fed to animals that, you know, that you eat. So if you have a soy intolerance, you should also think about the meat that you're eating. And my friend said, I never, he goes, I was one of those people. I was one of those people that thought, I have soy intolerance, but never even thought of that. And it's because people don't want to know. And I think it goes in every aspect of even politics. Sometimes when people say, I just don't vote because it doesn't make a difference. That's the same person. I mean, it's not real. It's comparing apples to oranges, but the, the partnership I'm trying to make here is that people don't vote because they, they don't think anything's going to happen, but they also don't vote because it's not impacting them. If they don't ask questions, they just go on living their, their life as is. You know, um, it reminds me of a couple of weeks ago, there was the uh, Kentucky Derby and the Preakness Stakes or one of those races. And I'm pretty sure it was a Kentucky Derby. And then the week leading up to it, six horses got injured and had to be put down. Uh, it's incredible. That is a and, very right. And I was like, you look, look, you just know there's some shenanigans going on. That don't just happen. Like nope. these these what these two, three year old horses, however old they are, you know, when they run those races, you know, there's they're in their peak condition, prime age. They don't just drop dead. They don't just drop dead. No way. Same with like rodeos. People will go right. to rodeos and I just cannot process the fact anything that I have to pay that uses animals as entertainment that don't want to be there. You're contributing to the abuse of animals. I don't care what you say. I don't care. I remember Irvin. I don't know if he listens to this podcast. Irvin said, I want to, I want to go to the zoo because then my kids can see an animal. And I said, dude, there's the internet. You can find actually, you can watch (laughs) videos of animals in their own environment that teach you and show you the zoo doesn't teach you anything, but a little blurb of something that you can read that you're not looking at. So you're using that for your own personal entertainment. I can't support when people say I go to the zoo, I go to the, uh, you know, the, the sea world, the, the rodeos, the Kentucky derbies, the dog races, like the more I know about all those things, the thought of contributing to it is just, I, that's one thing I don't want to contribute to. I have a choice not to contribute to it because of what I know. And a lot of people, their ignorance is bliss. Yeah, I'm not a, I'm not a, I'm not a, a zoo person either. Even when I was little, like zoos just don't interest me. It's like you know, you know, you go to old Sacramento here, and there's this these people that have these. You could take a um, a horse drawn carriage, like a, you know, and, and you know the horses have those little blinders on. Yeah, you know, I've looked at them a couple of times. And I just go, that horse doesn't want to be doing that. Nope. Right, that horse doesn't want to do that. No, nope. like the horse does not want to be pulling. You're hot, sweaty ass around old Sacramento. 
Nope, especially because it's hot. They just want to be right. healed. They don't even want to be ridden. I mean, right. it is, <laughs> it's pretty incredible when you think about, I mean, you and I've had the conversation. There's there's animal product in toilet paper. I mean, it is just, it, it, it's the it's the craziest thing. And we're not making this a, a vegan podcast. I just, I, I'm tying it all together with the ignorance and the understanding of maybe just digging into things a little bit so that you know what you're contributing to. And yes, there, there are times I don't want to, but then, then I feel this amount of guilt. And, you know, I, I had a conversation this past weekend, you and I had a little bit of it too, uh, cause I was following up with you. The law that's currently, um, that California currently is i don't think it's it's not a law but it's uh retribution or um reparations reparations yes yes uh, in in the state of california and i think i i think the bucket is like 500 million dollars um wanting to be put in which for me is amazing right because you think about the land of the free was actually not free because right. slaves built america and 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 where we are today so having reparations paid for that is due is due and you and i were talking um about it because there was part of this see this is the pulling back the curtain right because i just yeah. think of slavery and um generational Reparation. So I, I think of that. And you said to me that it is actually bigger than that. It is, it goes yeah. to how housing, how you know, mortgages, all of that. Yeah, it is. It, it, it's bigger. It's, um, and, I, and I've written, about, a lot of people have written about this, like um, the, at, the, at the conclusion of the Emancipation Proclamation, when enslaved people were um, freed, one of the things that was negotiated is that um, black people should get what was has been termed 40 acres and a mule, right? That you should, that was reparations. You would get some land and you would get a, a, an animal to help you work the land. But the, the Confederates, um, the government made a deal with the Confederates, you know, to keep the country together. And all those Confederates got an office that said, nope, you don't get anything. Now, now mind you that people who owned slave people who owned humans they got paid per human that they lost as part of the emancipation when slaves were the enslaved people were free the slave owners got reparations right so let's just hold that and then because the government wanted um manifest destiny to take over the rest of this land they gave white people money and land to go west you have free lands right just free land not you but Free land, but not black people, right? So now, now, a lot of America, because our, our history is so bad, our history teaching is so bad, people will say, well, you know, what was really happening back then? Well, uh, black Americans have fought in every war. There were 200,000 black soldiers in the Civil War, 200,000. Like it wasn't just eight or nine, it was 200,000. Got nothing for it, right? Nothing for it. And since we just passed Memorial Day, it's a good time to remind people that it was it was black people who wanted to memorialize black soldiers that started Memorial Day. Like that was us. We started that in 1800s. But anyway, so there was that there was a free land to white people to go west. There was there was money reparations paid to white slave owners. Now, after slave 
um, slavery ended. Then we went into about 100, slavery is like 350 years. So it wasn't just one family, a grandmother and a grandfather. It was, it's called Chattel, C-H-A-T-T-E-L, yeah, Chattel -L, Ch -L, slavery. I mean, you're born a slave, you're born a slave, you're born a slave. Like that's how it goes. But anyway, 300 something years of that, 250 years of that. And then 150 years of what we commonly call Jim Crow. And those were the laws that said, you can't live certain places, you, you, you can't vote, you can't um, go places, you can't own homes, you know, you can't even own schools, all these things that you are prohibited from doing. Now you're talking another couple, 150 years, right? And then that didn't end until the passage of the Civil Rights Acts of 1965 that came right after Dr. King was assassinated. So Lyndon Johnson was president and said, look, we're gonna just sign some of these things into law. And those things were a lot of the things that we know today, because um, if you grew up in the 60s and 70s and 80s, these are the things that, that were just around you, that black people can work anywhere, black people can live anywhere, that wages should have been, um, they're not, but wages should have been more equal. You couldn't discriminate all those laws that that came up right so that was literally in our lifetimes jen that's us right that's us so after world war ii the u.s gave reparations to west germany they said look we, we destroyed that country so so thoroughly we're gonna pay them money it's called the marshall the marshall plan right we rebuild europe not just in germany rebuild europe that was u.s tax dollars to rebuild europe after after, and then we have for the soldiers, the GI Bill. We said, because you worked in this war, you served in this war, we're going to give you a GI Bill to get you free education and um, your first house. Then there were Black soldiers in World War II. Our black soldiers didn't get the GI Bill. That was only exclusively for white men who served in the military, even though we served as well. After some lawsuits, it finally became applicable to Black people, like in the, like in the next 20 years or something. Black soldiers. After Vietnam, there was lawsuits because um, Agent Orange lawsuits because the mil American military was spraying Agent Orange on U.S. soldiers, and there was money for that, except for Black people. They didn't, it, the money wasn't for Black; it was only for white soldiers. This is Vietnam, so there was lawsuits that said, "Okay, we're going to give it to you as well." Right. So after some lawsuits, some years go by. If you're able to get that. Also in World War II, the United States decided, you know, we don't trust the Japanese. So after Japan bombed Pearl Harbor, the United States government said, we're going to round up all the Japanese citizens and put them in camps, take their property, take their money, take their businesses and put, and put them in camps. And after the war ended, the U.S. government was like, yeah, we fucked up. We shouldn't have done that. And they gave Japanese internment survivors reparations. They paid him for that, right? Okay, so now you go, okay, wait a minute. We had, 100, we had 150 years post, well, with slavery, we didn't get our 40 acres in the mule. Post-slavery, 150 years, we couldn't, we couldn't earn wealth. We're 150 years, generations of us. And then once the Civil Rights Act passed from 65 until like the 2000s, we still saw redlining. We couldn't live where we wanted to live. The loans we got for houses, were higher, the interest rates were higher than the word for the white people. Everything exactly the same. Education, money, everything. Our interest rates were higher. Our schools, 
Our public schools are more under, underfunded than white public schools. Factories and pollute po companies that pollute were allowed to pollute in the neighborhoods where we live. So we had a, we have um, more uh, negative health effects to pollution than white people. And you could just go down the line. So reparations is not just when you say, well, I was never a slave. No, I wasn't. But I'm a product of 350 motherfucking years of the U.S. government working very hard and or allowing bad things to happen, right, to my community. And so we're not saying, we don't say, why people please give us money. We are saying, no, we built this, we invested it, and we did it for 350 years, and we got shortchanged. While our taxes went to help everybody else, we want what's ours because it is also ours. Like, we're not asking the man for their money. We are saying, this is ours. Like, we are co-owners of this nation. And I think that gets lost sometimes in the popular media that we're just beggars. No motherfuckers. We built this shit. And this is ours just as much as it's yours. And we are saying, in order to, to, to level things as best we can, there should be some, because we impacted generations, so we need to level the field so that there can be generations Generation what passed on. So reparations is for housing, for medical, for uh, pollution, for discrimination, for waste stuff, for all those things over generations. You say, okay, can we put a dollar on it? Donald Trump put a dollar on two trillion dollars in tax base for billionaires. Yeah. Two trillion. Two point two trillion dollars for billionaires. So yeah, we can put a we can put a price tag on this. And we and again, we've given it to Europe, to Germany, to our Japanese citizens, and and they deserve it. I'm not saying they don't deserve it, right? And we're just saying, you know what? We deserve it as well. Pay up, bitches. So, yeah. So California, the state of California, and there's been some other states doing some work in other cities. California commissioned a panel to study re reparations a couple of years ago, and then that panel came back and said, "Here's what we think reparations should cover." It's basically what we're talking about. The, the effects of discrimination in housing and wages and so forth and so on. And then they sent that to another panel that said, now you figure out what would the cost be for each of these grievances, for lack of a better word. And then that panel came back and said, we've created a calculator where you can figure out what it would grant to each person based on their California citizenship, how long and so forth and so on. And now that panel then has to send something to the governor or to the legislature to say, yes, we're going to allocate this money, we're going to do this, and then the governor has to approve it. So it's still a long way away, but it is moving. And not only is California doing it, the city of San Francisco is doing it by itself, and there's other cities around the country that it's also looking at it, because it's past time. Like, it is past time. So anyway, that's a whole thing on that, because I've written about it, a lot of people written about it. You can see it on my blog there, Dean, it's, it's all out there. No, it's just crazy because you think about you know, the conversation I was having is it's it's the thought of why do I why does that have to come out of my taxes? I didn't have anything to do with it. And my conversation dealt with 350 years. Right. Like the opportunity, yes. the opportunity at my level 
is also to build that generational wealth. You could buy homes, rent them out, you know, build that up. That was, right. that's, you're missing out on hundreds of years of being able to establish that. To handle yeah. That. I mean, I mean, think, think about this. Wells Fargo just got, they got sued twice in the last five years for charging black homeowners higher interest than white homeowners. Yes. And, and when all things being equal, you and I have the same salary, you and I have the same credit score, you and I have the same job, you and I have the same education, but I get charged, they see that I'm black, they charge me more. Like that, that's right now. And the, the National Realtors Association, or no, the National Appraisers, Appraisals Association had to come out and say, yes, we are part of this. We have systemically, this is what's called systemic racism, we have systemic, this was like in the last six months, we have been um, systemically undervaluing homes that black people own. Like we've been doing that. So we give an appraisal, if, a, if it's a black homeowner, we're saying it's worth less than when it's a white homeowner. Everything else being the same. It's just that one is white, one is black. Now, now you figure how much wealth have, have we lost because yeah. of that? See, it's that kind of stuff where it's not any one individual white person's fault. Like it's not, it's like it's not your fault. It's not, you know, the white people that we work with. It's not, it's not the individual's fault. It is this, it is a systemic wide fault for how this country has put policies and programs in place that have been, and the Supreme Court has written about this, that have been um, surgically designed to harm black people. Surgically, it's just like it's very specific and targeted, and so it sometimes it's hard for white Americans to hear that because it 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 hurts um, our self idea that America is fair and that America is equal opportunity. It helps. It hurts that myth that we are we're all taught, no matter what our, what our color is, we're all taught that. And even though intellectually we know it's not true. We know that's not true. And there's been studies that if you get a group of white people in a room and say, how many of you, with everything you know right now, how many of you would you prefer to, would you trade your being white to being black in America right now? Raise your hands. And nobody ever raises their hands. Nope. Right? And, and then, the, and I can't think of that lady's name. And then her response is that it means that you know things are bad. You know it's bad for the other people. But you've just accepted that it's not bad for you in that way, so that's okay. And that, is, that I, I honestly believe one of the reasons that in this country, we don't move forward, like we, we're, we're still fighting for voting rights and voting access. We're still fighting for healthcare for everybody. We're still fighting for fair wages and less pollution. We're all, those things that my parents, my grandparents, your great grandparents, all we're fighting for. The one, the reason we can't get past some of those things is because we don't acknowledge that the state we're in today is not the best state we can be in. But if you tell that to you know, your average Jane and Joe American, they was, you know, the response you get is something really dumb. Like this is the greatest country in the world. No place is better, ever better. Freedom. Like, okay, you know what? But it's not the greatest place in the world. It could be better, but you can't make it better until you at least acknowledge that it's not as good as it can be. Well, it's it's it goes back to what we were just talking about is pulling back the curtain and pulling back the curtain. Pulling back the curtain. Some people don't want to face that reality. 
because everybody chooses to live in a bubble sometimes. And if, as long as it's not, we are, we are the society, as long as it's not impacting me, I don't have anything to do with it. Yes. Yes. And, and I think we talked about that before about harm reduction that sometimes, you know, one reason I vote for Democrats is that generally I want the least amount of harm for other people, not just myself, but other people. And, and generally speaking, Republicans vote to harm people and they vote, they do vote to have billionaires and millionaires, but they hurt, they vote to harm people, whether it's gay people or whether it's poor people, you know, they just vote to harm people. And I just, I, I don't agree with that. I vote for less harm. Even if the trying doesn't get us the, the, all the desired results we want, at least I'm voting for less harm. Yep. I, yeah. Jane Elliott. That's the one who said. Jane Elliott. Good call. Yes. Yeah. It's Would a you great tr- exercise. And you can find her all over, you know, whether it's YouTube or all the other social medias. You can see that experiment. And it's, it's really powerful. Um, hey, so I, because I love you so much, I did some homework and found some shows that I think I would like to recommend in case this writer strike goes on. It's going on, man. Like It's going on. I got some completed shows. Okay. I'll put them in the show notes because I was a bit of a jerk last week and didn't do my homework. Yeah, so, I know. Typical. I am contrite. <laughs> okay. Now let's, I'm not going to judge. I'm going to let you read your whole list. Okay. And I am going to, before you read your list, just because I know you so well, is there a percentage that are based on comic books? You should just shut up. <laughs> I just, just want to get my mind right. <laughs> you know what? Okay, look. Okay, I, I will admit that I have a large, uh, higher percentage of like fantasy, sci-fi, comic book stuff. But I noticed that, and I thought I'm gonna put, I'm gonna put some other stuff in there just to throw your ass off. Okay. <laughs> I am younger than you, so my mind's a little more spry. I anticipated the fuckery, and I and I and I prepared for it. All right, so. Okay, so we were talking about the writer's strike. There'll be some things, you know, messed up on TV and, and movies and stuff in this series. So you had a great idea of recommending things that are completed that, you know, maybe they're older, but they're completed. They're very good. We can recommend them. Okay, so I have some. So a pretty big list, too. So I do like sci-fi and fantasy. So um, let me just, I'm going to just do this really quickly. The Expanse. It's six complete seasons on Prime, and it's sci-fi. It's fantastic. Foundation on Apple Plus is the best sci-fi I've ever seen on TV. It, it has one season, but season two is completed and comes out in August. So okay. you can get two full seasons. Okay. Um, and that's on Apple. On Netflix, you can watch The Dark Crystal. And it's, 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 it's by the Jim Henson Company, so it's those Muppets. But it's, it's a fantasy story. It's grown up. It is very good. And it's just one season and it's, 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 it's complete. It's very good. And that's good for all ages too. Um, of course, Abbott Elementary. Now, Abbott Elementary is three seasons yes. and there may be more, but because it's a sitcom, you know, it's, it's, really, it's three seasons. They're really good episodes. They're 22 minutes. And it's, it's, a, it's one of the funniest things on TV. Now, all, so look, all the superhero things that's on Disney Plus. The cartoon What If, WandaVision, Loki, Captain America, Moon Knight, Hawkeye, She-Hulk, Miss Marvel. They're all one season and they're all complete. I think Loki will have a second season. All the rest, it's just one season, eight episodes. They're very good. 
um, on Netflix, Dead to Me, which is three seasons. Oh, yeah. uh, it's very good. Two friends, two neighbors getting a bunch of shenanigans. It's 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 very good. Chris Christina Apple, what's her name? Christina Applegate. Yes, Christina Applegate is a star, one of the stars. And it's she's very good in it. Um, the Haunting of Hill House and The Haunting oh, of Bly Manor on Netflix. They're they're fucking scary. And yeah. <laughs> they're very, they're very good. Um, adult cartoon is Harley Quinn on HBO. I think there's like three or four seasons. It's a cartoon. It's irreverent. There's a lot of um, bad language, and yeah, it's it's a mess, but it's really good. Um, all the new Star Treks that's on Paramount Plus. So Discovery, um, Picard, they're all complete, and they're eight, 10 episodes, and they're just, they're fantastic. And then on Prime, there's a cartoon, it's one season, it's called Invincible. And it's, sim- it's similar to like the boys you were talking about last time. Yep. And it's, it is, it's a cartoon, it's extremely violent, but it's really good. Um, and then, you know, I was thinking of a, mo- a couple of movies, Pre- there's a new, a remake of Predator, and that's on Hulu, it's, it's really good. The Train to Busan, which is a zombie movie. I forgot where it's where it's um, streaming, but just check, it's free. Just check it out somewhere. It's a zombie movie made in Korea. It's very good. Um, this is a Netflix movie that I liked called Whatever Happened to Monday. And it's really good. It's about these six or seven um, kids. And I, they may be clones or something. And it's just, it's wild, but it's very good. Um, I mentioned this show before, Mrs. Davis on Peacock. Look, if you could get past the first episode, I don't even know, I still don't know how to describe it. I'm about to watch the finale later tonight, but it's, I don't know what these writers were thinking, but it's really intriguing and good. Um, Another show on Netflix, that's one season. There may be another season, but it doesn't matter. This one season is complete. It is Sandman. It is, it's live action. It is so very good. The first episode is sort of an outlier, but it's very good. But it sets the stage for just remarkable TV. Um, a couple of other series that are completed that are good, Ugly Betty and Jane the Virgin. Uh, one is Jeannie uh, Rodriguez and the other is America Ferrara. And they're both sitcoms, really, really good. Um, I was thinking about some reality shows as well. The Circle on Netflix, all this, all there's like three or four episodes, and all the episodes, you know, they're complete because it's a reality show. You get a winner at the at the end of each. Um, there's a show on Netflix that's really weird and good, it, and they blow glass. It's just glass blowing, oh. and you don't have to know anything about glass blowing. But after like one episode, I was an expert. I was like, oh, that is too thin. <laughs> it's gonna crack. Like, what are you doing? You know? <laughs> temperature's too hot <laughs> yes what are you doing like it's too late and you only got three hours what are you you cannot start a new you know the pokemon or something but it, it's very good um one that you won't like but some of our audience may like it's a barbecue cook-off on there that's very good and then you know the queer eye series is really good on netflix uh and it's the modern iteration of it and, you know, there's just some really heartwarming stories of the people that they work with. There's always an angle to it. You know, people are shy or, you know, maybe they lost someone or maybe they have 
um, some type of disability or something, but all the stories are very hard one. That's good. You know, that's a good, you made me think when you said you're going to have your little list, I, there was a couple of shows I didn't add last week and uh, real fast is a uh, loot L O O T on Apple TV. Ooh. Okay. That was uh, that's Jeff Bezos. It's like Je- based on like Jeff Bezos wife. Well, but it's not, it's um, the one that was on Saturday night live. I forget. Oh, oh uh, uh, Maya, uh, yes. Maya Rudolph. Oh my God. Fucking hysterical. And then, um, Ozarks that we did, you know, I don't even know. Yes. You're not supposed to, you, I, I don't know if you finished it, but Ozarks that's already done five seasons. And then there was a one season show on Apple TV called five days at Memorial. And that was the real life story of the hospital during hurricane Katrina. Yes. Um, that was really good, but yeah, I didn't even get into reality. I, I just kept thinking as you were re- listing all of your shows, I was just thinking, God, there's so many, but these should keep people pretty content if they're yes. trying to find something to watch because Yellow Jackets just had their season finale last How was it? It was really good. I, I did some <laughs> research that they, they signed for five seasons. On the th- first day of starting writing for season three, the writer strike happened. So yeah. we're probably not going to see season three until next year. What a mess. What a mess. So um, I do have to say that I, I blew through Selling Sunset. Selling Sunset was on. Oh, I forgot. Yes. <laughs> yeah. How was it? How was this? New it was good. It was good. Real Housewives of New Jersey's uh, reunion was on. Vanderpump Rules, second reunions tomorrow. The, the show From is just engulfing me and it is so good so i'm enjoying that right now and um just watch the season finale and series finale of succession i that, that should be on our people list. love you know people love succession i've never watched it but i'm really happy that everybody got the satisfaction out of it yeah it was good i don't know how else they could i wasn't i didn't have an idea of how it should ended so i wasn't disappointed and i, I think they did it i think they did the series Justice Ted Lasso series finale is on tonight or was last night. So um, another sad show coming to an end. Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. She ended. They ended the series. Chef's Kiss. uh, Some really good shows that are just amazing are done. So a little disappointing, but hopefully we'll see some good stuff come out of, uh, of what you just said. Some of Apple TV shows and then maybe the writer strike won't last too long. Yes. Okay. So uh, great show. I'm going to put all these shows in our show notes so you can uh, check them out. And because we're doing this great service to for you, please rate and review our show. But like that, like that lady who got her book rated a four, you rate us low. I'm going to call you a bitch too. So <laughs> <laughs> no, we will. No, we will. We appreciate all the great ratings and we hate all, any any bad ratings <laughs> i mean how could it be bad i don't know what we're what we would do well you know some people might not agree with some of the shit we say but you know right. what that's just a matter of opinion doesn't mean you have to leave us shitty rating and you know what we love feedback if you have a topic that you yes. want to hear us discuss just reach out to us on our social media platforms which you will find on our show notes uh, where to find us so Sir, I hope you have an amazing rest of your day, night. See you next week. Yes. yes. Peace out. Peace out.
love this podcast. Be sure to like, subscribe, and leave a review. Visit the episode description to find out how you can connect with the hosts on social media. Voice Memos is a production of Dear Dean Publishing. All rights and trademarks reserved. No portion of this podcast shall be reproduced commercially without consent.